Kairos moment is when God intervenes in time. God says he has just stepped in to time. He says, I live outside of time, but I created time for you. Since I created it, I can step into it. God says, I now step into this time, this moment right now. release back to you all the things you asked. Only in a Kairos moment can miracles happen, can deliverance occur, can healings just flow. So all over this house, I declare it's a Kairos moment right now. As the presence of the Lord is seated, we lift Crystal into the heavenly courts for justice, for the injustice that the enemy has brought. And we lift each of you for any injustice against you into the heavenly courts so that justice may be rendered in your behalf. God says, if you'll give me some moments every day, I'll make one a Kairos time. As you cease from your striving, as you cease from your busyness, I'll give you, as a gift from me, a Kairos moment where I step in and things change in an instant. And you change your perception. And then my will and my word and my way For in this Kairos moment now, healings are happening here in this house. Miracles are for now. In this special time right now, created by your worship, you have now walked into the governmental seats of God. You're at Mount Zion. And I'm listening to you. This is your Kairos moment. What is it that you need? Only now, as I have stepped into your time, it's available, so don't miss it. Ask of me. It's your time. It's your time to shine. 
as it's time for the USA, it's also time for this body and for you as an individual to grab those Kairos moments every day and watch your neighborhood change and watch your church grow and watch your city turn around for God and watch your region begin to rise up and bloom and blossom and watch your state stand up for God. This is your time, your time to shine. the way we operate. Um, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and just going to get into this just a few moments, and, and I am just excited to be able to preach. It's, a, it's, it's an honor for me to, to always be able to come and to bring the Word of God, and, and I, wanna, I just want to thank you so very much. Recently, Wednesday night, I gave a testimony about you know, God doing some different things, and I'd heard about it in, um, in, in Brazil that God was putting gold teeth in people's mouths. And that, um, that if it was such a beginning to be such a common occurrence, that if you, if you didn't have um, more than, than, than four gold teeth into your mouth, that you didn't get to testify about it. <laughs> you know, and there's one guy had spent $15,000 and had had his teeth all redone and had gone to a meeting and, and God had replaced them all with gold teeth. Amen? How would you like to go and borrow money and say, look, i got to go get my teeth redone and then $15,000 you spend and then you find out the next day you wake up and your teeth are gold and there's more like $50,000 in your mouth instead of $15,000. I think I'd be going to the, to, to the gold market and go, what can I get for these? <laughs> but God is doing some amazing things. He's doing some amazing things. We, we sometimes put God in a box and, and we've tried to get him figured out that he is this way and this is the way he operates. And, and sometimes God just wants to move in and break the box out and go, you know what, you might think this is, this is God, but I'm going to show you his grace and his mercy in our lives. So we've been talking about renewing our minds. Say renewing our minds. When we've got to renew our minds to the things of God, we've got to begin to renew our minds to the way we think. So Romans 12, 2, it says, don't be conformed to the things of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can establish what God's will it is, good, acceptable, and pleasing will of God or perfect will of God. So if he says, don't be conformed to the things of this world, then obviously we can be conformed to the things of this world. So God, we've been kind of going through a different series of some things that we want to be able to, uh, to, be able to kind of break down and look at. One of the things that we looked at was the mode of operation. How does the enemy operate? Do you realize you have an enemy? He doesn't like you. <laughs> oh, pastor, don't tell me that somebody doesn't like you. You have an enemy, and he's called the devil, Satan, and his army or his 
cohorts or whatever you might want to say, but he does not like you. I'm, I, I, I love you and I like you and God absolutely thinks the world of you, but you've got somebody, Chris, that's against you that doesn't want to see you move forward. Amen? Josh, you've got somebody that's against you that doesn't want to see you step into things of God. You've got somebody that, that, that is against you, Mario, that doesn't want to see you step out and experience what God has for you, and he's the enemy. And we've got to understand within our mind, if we're going to renew our mind, bring our mind to the way that God thinks is really a, a real simple way to put it. In other words, I could probably think that it would be, how do I renew my mind? I can renew, re means to do again. I could, I could do again the way I think about myself. And we're in the middle of a transformation. Change is just change. It's, we, had, we One time we were talking about change and we said, Change isn't change unless you change. But we, I think we we're coming to a new understanding that change can be change and you can change because of change, but change is only change if you change to change. I think I'll have to, re, I'll have to listen to that again on the internet for me you know, next week. So. But our goal is not to change. If our goal was to change, then we'd have you change where you sit. If our goal was to change, then we'd change the seats or the color or the place that you live or the things that go on in your life. Are you with me? So you can just change something to be changing it, but our goal shouldn't just be change to change. Our goal, according to the Word of God, is change for transformation. I want to be different. I want to handle things differently than I handled them before. And the way that the way the, the enemy operates is, very simply, is he likes to lie. In John chapter 8, verse 44, he talks about this. And Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. And he said, man, man, you're of the father, the devil. He's a liar and he's a liar from the very beginning. And he is the father of lies. So how does the enemy operate? What does he come to you? Because I'm telling you, he does not show up in red horns and a pitchfork. Hello? It was a country western song, something about it. He showed up in jeans. <laughs> you know, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You know, so there is different forms in which he shows up. But the one form in which he shows up all the time, this is his mode of operation, is he'll lie to you. Anybody ever heard him tell you that you're not worthy? Oh, yeah. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> I mean, I, there's times where we, we'll be sitting in the living room or something and the enemy will lie to you, you know, and you just start laughing. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, just one of the enemy's lies. <laughs> he just lies to you, says you're not worthy. Some of you probably heard him this morning say, you don't need to go to church. <laughs> they, they don't love you in there. <laughs> they don't care about you at all. Why are you going there? That's not God putting that in your mind. That's the enemy on your shoulder saying, I'm lying to you, I'm lying to you. So that's, a, that's the mode of operation. He is the liar, he's a liar and the father of lies. So when Paul, go ahead, Marty, you can advance to the next slide. We're going to begin to, we began to start looking at the Second Corinthians. He says, the weapons of our warfare are mighty. They're divine for the pulling down of strongholds. So we started talking about what the weapons are. Your weapon is not a... A, what, what are some of the gun calibers, you guys? 45, what else? 
49, 72. Hut, hut, hut. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, those were guns. What? AK-47. The, the weapon that God has for you is not an AK-47. Did you know that? But you have weapons. You have power. And the Bible says it's divine for the pulling down of strongholds. So I had somebody come up to me when we began to start preaching this, and they said, I never thought about the weapons in the way that you're teaching it. So let's next slide. The weapons that we talked about are actually Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. They're, they're fruits of the what? Spirit. Everybody, fruits of the what? What spirit? The Holy Spirit, the spirit of the living God that lives within inside of you. And he says, these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay? So we started backing them. We started really kind of going over them. And we started going through them very quickly. So we talked about patience the last time. I'm going to pick up where we were last time. We actually went backwards from self-control. And we worked our way up to patience. And the King James Version calls patience long-suffering. Oh, brother. You know, that's just the way it is when you come to God. When you give Christ your life, you just got to suffer a long, long time till we get to heaven. You've, been, you've heard that? Yeah, we've heard that. Not only from other believers, we've heard that from the enemy. It's just, oh, that's just the way it is. I hurt my leg. Well, I'm just going to have to suffer. I'm just going to have to suffer maybe the rest of my life till I, I get my leg right. Come on, somebody. That's not the voice of God telling you got to suffer a long time. And we talked about breaking it down, and we actually broke it down because long-suffering literally meant forbearance or fortitude with long-enduring, a calm temper which bears evil without murmuring or discontent. How would you go through some difficult times in your life because God is not one to bring you evil? Let me say this again. You need to get this in your spirit. God is not one to bring you evil. He's not throwing cancer on you. He's not giving you a brain tumor to see how you're going to operate from it. The thief comes to steal, kill, steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you what? I've come to give you what? Jesus said, I've come to give you what? And life more abundantly. Meaning more abundant quantity and quality, a better, richer, fuller life. And if I operate with the weapons that I have that are divine for the pulling down of strongholds, then I can operate in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So that word long-suffering literally means patience. Patience. Being able to be patient. It's, it means a calm temper which bears evil without murmuring or discontent. I'm here to tell you, don't give up. Don't quit because God's got a way. We heard it prophetically this morning. God's got you covered. It's your time, amen? It's a Kairos time in the Lord. So we've got to identify and look at those and grab those things and say, wait a minute, if it's a calm temper which bears evil without murmuring or discontent, it also means an act of quality of long waiting for justice without discontent. Okay? Next one, Marty, there. So we began to break it down. I broke it down in the Greek. I took the word. I said, look, let's look at it. As I was studying this, I realized that it, they give you other, other Greek numbers. If you ever studied this, in fact, the other Sunday, I found somebody that was, while I was preaching this, they were pulling it up on their phone, and they were looking at the Greek and the Strongs and everything else, and they were, you know, checking me out. <laughs> so check it out. Get on there yourself and do that. So it talks about the, the numbers 3116. And it says long amnity. 
It means forbearance or fortitude. Next, next one. See, Webster's 1828 says disposition to endure long under offenses. How many of you know God is, I'm going to prove to you this morning that God's not into pain. He's into passion. Okay? So if we went back and I went back and I said, well, it, it tells me about these other words. So this word here is out of a root word, markos. And then the other, the back part of it is theromasthi. I don't know. I'm not real good Greek or Hebrew, but Anyway, so it gives, see the, see the numbers 3117 and 2372. So it takes an, a word and it says, here's the, the word. It's a compound of these two things. So let's go back and look at what those two things are. So it says it's a compound of 31117. So let's look at what 31117, okay? It means long or enduring. Say that. Long or enduring. Say that again. Long or enduring. Remember the King James Version said long suffering. And you're like, okay, pastor, there it is. I'm going to suffer a long time with the things of God. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't always mean that. Look at the next one. So the back part of that, 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 that word, if you take those two compound words and you put them together, Marcos and Thromos, then it literally means not long suffering, but long what? Oh, come on, somebody. Man, you're going to wow everybody else you talk to now. Because they'll say, well, you know, it's just long-suffering. And you're like, no, that word isn't suffering. That word is passion. It's long-enduring passion for God. I like it. I was like, oh, I love that. It's a whole lot better than suffering. It's a whole lot better than just going through that stuff and just suffering through those things. So it's a really a long passion. So God says one of the fruits of the Spirit, one of the things that we can do to battle the enemy is to have long endurance for the passion of God, the passion of Christ. And if you've ever seen that movie, The Passion of Christ, you know that Jesus himself had the passion to endure whatever he had to go through because he loved the Father and he loved you so much that he endured those things so he could have the patience and, and the passion of God. Amen? So the next one, the next one, Marty, is, um, is Ephesians 1, or 4, 1 and 2. He says, he talks about it, and he says, Therefore, I'm the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with lowliness and meekness and, there's that word again, long-suffering. And, and see, so the King James Version will use that long-suffering. Just take a, a, a marker and just mark out the word suffering. It really doesn't mean suffering a long time. It means long-enduring passion. So now if you put that in there, long-enduring passion bearing for one another in love. Next scripture, Marty. Ephesians, it says, I beg you, I, Paul, a prisoner. Oh, this is where we compared the two scriptures. One of them says, oh, Paul's like, you know, I'm a prisoner. And you can all of a sudden read that in the King James Version and you can feel the hurt and the pain and all of that. Now look how the, the, the Living Bible translation is. He says, I beg you, I, a prisoner here in jail for serving the Lord, to live and to act in a way worthy of those who have been chosen for such wonderful blessings as these. <laughs> I'm thinking, where, where's, the, where's the suffering in that one? He says, be humble, be gentle. See, this is basically what we need to be. This is what Paul was saying. He said, be humble, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults. Whew, think about this. Because of what? Because of your love. Think about this. 
We make allowances for each other's faults. Have you made an allowance for anybody else's fault recently? Have you made an allowance for it? Have you said, okay, I'm going to give love a chance in this situation? Because I've messed up. I've made mistakes. And Shelly has made allowances for me. You know, it's easy when you develop a relationship with one another. And I think that's in the body of Christ. It's easy to see each other's faults, Steve, isn't it? You want to know my greatest faults? You probably will never see them. But my wife will. Because she's more intimate with me than anybody else. Hello? So she knows me. She knows those things. And I'm thankful, honey, that you make allowances for those, the faults that I have. Amen? So, so we can begin to see that totally. So I want to talk a little bit about peace. Say peace. There's a, the word peace in the Greek is uh, irene. And it literally means peace or by implication. A lot of us don't want to hear this. But it means prosperity. Not just prosperity, come on, not just prosperity in finances, but prosperity in every area of our life. Do we want you to have prosperity in your finances? Absolutely. God's got some things to do, and, and he's got some, some kingdoms to, to bring down, and it takes a kingdom to overthrow a kingdom, and you can't just do it with $2.50. Hello? If we wanted to change something in Woodward, when we did the back-to-school bash and blessed over 540 kids, 420 got backpacks, uh, the other 540 total, the rest of them received the materials of supplies to go into those backpacks, it didn't happen with $2.50. I wish I could tell you we just rubbed it together and poof, there it was. <laughs> but it doesn't happen that way. So God wants us to be prosperous. Say prosperous. He wants us to have good relationships. He wants us to have, have great times together. He wants us to be able to be prosperous in every area, emotionally, mentally, physically. Amen? So we begin to look at this word, and it literally means one or peace or quietness or rest set at one again. Okay? This Hebrew word is the word shalom. Say shalom. Ooh, this one's a powerful one. This is a powerful one. It's literally the Hebrew translation of the Greek word irene, which, which means shalom. Shalom is more than just the absence of conflict. We need to have peace in our country. We don't need to be mad and, and argue with everybody else. And we think when everybody's getting along good, that there's peace in the valley. But there's a lot of times where you may have conflict on the outside, but there has to be peace on the inside. Because there are times in our life where you're going to have conflict. I wish I could tell you that there was never a time that Shelly and I, since we've been married, have never had a conflict. We've had conflicts, but we're really into conflict resolution. How do we resolve these conflicts in the things of God, renew our minds to what God says about some things, and look at myself and see things that I either need to adjust, change, get transformed, or I'm in a changing process to bring transformation, and I'm just not there yet. I remember there was one time we had some conversations about something. I was like, honey, I, I, I missed out on that one. I lost on that one. She was like, what do you mean? I was like, I just didn't handle it right. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I didn't handle it right, but I, I looked at her and I said, I guess I'm still going through my process of transformation. I haven't quite got there yet. But my heart was to get there. My heart was to be able to handle the situation in, 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 a, in a peaceful manner. Amen. So this word shalom, shalom literally means well, it means happy, it means friendly, welfare, health, 
prosperity, peace. It's greater than just absence of conflict. It's deeper. We call it the wholeness of God. He wants us to have the shalom in our life, the wholeness of God in every area of our life. Now, I may have it in some areas here. Courtney, I may have it in some areas there. And then there's some areas where I'm still in the transformation. I still got some work to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep on working on it. <laughs> Come on, keep on working on it because, you know, we, we, we've got to be able to get to that place. Amen? Okay. So that's, that's peace. And this one here is joy. So these are weapons that you can use. How many of you need some peace in your life? utilize that. They're a weapon at your disposal. It's not something that I'm going to go give you. Here, Michelle, here's peace, sister. Man, I'd be going, peace. Peace, peace, here you go. Peace, peace, peace. I give you some peace, here you go. I give you some peace, get some peace, peace, peace. I, I wish it worked that way. It does not work that way. There are some times where you've got to have long passion, enduring passion, that patience will come on your life so you can begin to operate in the shalom of God, the wholeness of God, that when somebody calls up and says, this is going on in their life, that you're like, okay. Instead of going, oh no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? God, what am I going to And sometimes you may have to do that. And then I hope the shalom comes in and you're like, okay. And it's not like this. It's not like, oh. It's not, a, it's not that. But it's coming to a place where you're like, okay, this has happened. How are we going to deal with it? How are we going to deal with this? Are we going to continue to operate in the principles? And am I going to utilize the weapons at my disposal? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, and self-control. Am I going to utilize those weapons? Or am I going to use the weapons of the enemy, which are just the opposite of love and joy. Amen? So when we talk about joy, say joy. Say the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if the joy of the Lord is my strength, and I don't have any joy, then I don't have any strength, then I am weak, then I can't resist the devil, I won't be submitted to God, I can't resist the devil, and he won't flee from me. Because James says, submit yourself to God first, Resist the devil, and he will. See, what happens is we, we aren't submitted to God, first of all. So when we try to resist, we're not submitted to God in his ways and his weapons and the way he wants to do things. Are you with me? And then we don't have the strength in our life. So a lot of times, the enemy will try to lie to you and tell you that there's no way that you're going to have joy. So let's look at what this joy literally means. Joy literally means calm delight okay calm delight it literally means happy or being well off how many of you want some things that you're well off in your life amen i want to be well off in my relationship with you i mean well on <laughs> meaning good being good on in our relationships with us and with uh, with each other amen so that's what joy means it means to be calmly happy or well off it means to be joyful or rejoice rejoice why can't we rejoice in the middle of difficulty well it's always good that the bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep i think we got the weeping part down don't we we got the weeping part down but when somebody gets a raise or a bonus we're going how come i didn't get a raise or bonus 
Come on, somebody. Something happens to somebody's life, and all of a sudden there's something really good, and we're going, well, how come they got it? I didn't get it. Huh, 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 huh. Right? We're, 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 not, we're not rejoicing. Why can't I rejoice? It's her birthday today. I want to rejoice. And it doesn't have to just be today and only her birthday. I want to rejoice with you. When good things happen, we want to say, yes, praise the Lord. And when difficult things happen, we want to say, we're in the boat with you. We're praying with you. We're standing with you. We're going to hold with you. We're not going to be moved with you. Come on, we're going to, we're going to continue to stand on the things of God. So joy literally means to, to rejoice. Say rejoice. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And obviously we need it a second time. And again, I say rejoice. See, so it's, you know, it may not just be the first time. I didn't get it the first time. Well, we got to get it over and go. We rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Luke chapter 10, verse 20 says, but re rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. This was Jesus was saying that. He was saying, have joy, well-being, feel good about it, be happy. They were like, man, we went out, and they, the disciples came back to Jesus, and they were like, man, we healed the sick, raised the dead, and we did all this, he cast out demons, we did all this stuff, it was so cool! And Jesus was like, that's cool stuff! But rejoice that your name is in heaven. Amen? So all of a sudden, kind of put them back in their place. Oh yeah, that's right. But how many of times we just take it for granted that our name is in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? We just say, well, you know, I'm in there. That's good. It's all good. Now let me go do some other stuff. But Jesus was saying, rejoice. Be happy. Be joyful that our name is written in heaven. In the book of life. In heaven. Amen? My name's in there. Is your name in there? Is your name in there? If our name is in there, we've already been going, yeah! Yeah, baby, I'm in there. That's what I'm talking about. I'm there. Well, I got my name in the Guinness World Book of Record. Well, that's good. I got my name in the Sports Illustrated magazine. Well, that's good. I got my name in the paper the other day for outstanding awards. Well, that's good. What about our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life in Heaven? Amen? Let's rejoice over that today. Hallelujah! I get excited about that. Okay, now I'm going to really get into this last one just a minute. We're going to talk about love. Say love. I really believe that it was God's way today for being able to be Pastor Shelley's birthday and me be able to talk about this. So love literally means agape or agapeo. It means affection. It means benevolence, especially a love feast. I'm going to tell you something. God has a love feast with you. He has an agape love towards you. And we just, I think as Westerners, I just think as human beings, we have a hard time wrapping our mind around this love thing. Agapeo means to be loved. It literally means beloved or beloved. <laughs> I think about, man, when, 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 they, when the Bible calls you the beloved, it's that word. That's what it is. It's a, it's a love feast. And, and John understood that he was the beloved of God. He was God's beloved disciple, Jesus' disciple, in whom Jesus loved. So he understood that. So the Hebrew word literally means to breathe after to love, or to dote, or lover. <laughs> I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover, I'm a lover, I'm a lover. And we, we, had heard, um, we had heard Chris Gore talk about when he was on an airplane, and he was sitting next to the person, and they were talking about, uh, they were, they were talking about some, some experiences that they had, and the guy says, well, what do you do? 
And he, he talks in a, I don't know if it's English accent or Australian. He talks, he said, you know, I'm, I'm a lover. And the guy goes, really? You're a lover? Yeah, I'm a lover. Well, how's that work? He said, I, I love everyone. I love blacks. I love white. I love British. I love American. I love, <laughs> he's like, really? I think the guy was thinking he was a prostitute. I mean, and it goes on, and he was just hilarious talking about, I'm a lover, I'm a lover, I'm, I'm a lover. He said, well, where are you coming back from? I'm coming back from Australia. Well, you love over there? Yes, I'm an international lover. <laughs> and I, I, there is no way that I could, I could give you the testimony. But he went on and on about this, and he was just telling that guy, he was just like, you know, I just love, I just love people. And then they got, what was he? They went up to, went to the bathroom or something, and he was like, he went up to the, to the restroom and, you know, to, in an airplane, right? And he said, the guy never came back <laughs> and sat with him. But he said, that's what he does because Jesus is a lover. Jesus is a lover. And he said, he loves so much. In fact, he got an opportunity to, to be able to pray for some people. And he's talking about this one lady that he prayed for. That, that he had come off the airport, weren't they? And they were in the, they were in the airport part and he was like, you know, I just love people in this. He said it was a, a beautiful, wonderful black lady. And she was like, my, he said, I notice your back's hurting. Can I pray for you? And he said, okay. And she turned around. And she said, pray right there. <laughs> and he put his hand on her back and she said, woo. <laughs> and the love of God began to break forth in the airport. See, so, so God's designed us to be lovers. Not lovers of evil. Not lovers of sin. Come on, somebody but lovers of him and lovers of his presence and lovers of those things. So next slide. So I want to talk a little bit about love real quick. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Does not take into account the wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never fails. This word love, in your King James Bible, it'll say charity is the same word agape or agapeo. We call it the unconditional love of God. Say that with me. Unconditional love of God. We call that the unconditional love of God. God loves me even though I messed up yesterday. God loves me even though I had a bad thought two days ago or yesterday or 10 minutes ago or two seconds ago hello he loves me in the middle of that and a lot of us say well wait a minute if you break it down in the hebrew and you see it in the greek you see it and and then you begin to look at it scripturally and it literally means charity so the king james version used the word charity but when you look at it it is an unconditional love i don't know about you but i want to change and i want to be transformed into the image and in the likeness of god but I'm having a hard time with this. And sometimes it seems like it's unattainable. But it's not really. Because I need to renew my mind that I don't have to have a hard time with this. That my mind needs to go, okay, wait a minute. If that's how God loved, and I am a, I'm a lover of his presence, and he, he, God is love. God is love. And I am that then I need to change my mind to say this is attainable in my life. Am I loving others that's patient or long-suffering, long-passion? Am I loving others that, that I'm kind 
Am I loving others in a way that I'm not jealous when something good happens to them in their life? Am I loving others in a way that, you know, I, I don't have to brag and boast? That's pride. That's prideful. Doesn't mean you can't. Paul says, if I boast, I boast in the Lord. So I'll use that. If I boast, I boast in the Lord because I'm not puffing me up, but I'm giving Him glory. And you know what? False humility and false pride can be just as detrimental as regular pride. Okay? So he goes on and he says, it doesn't brag or it's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. And I'm trying to work on that because, I mean, there's times where there's people in your lives that you've got to deal with and they may not have a real nice disposition. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so it, it's, it says... We want to act unbecoming. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. Don't take in account the, the wrong suffered. There's some people I, I, I believe that we, ha as we learn about this love, that we need to let some people off the hook. We need to let some wrongs that, that we have suffered or, or dealt with against us, we need to give them some grace and mercy and release forgiveness to those people. And there, you, you're, you're a human being, you're going to deal with people. You're a human being, you're going to have to deal with offenses. You're a human being, how do we handle and process those things? And I want us to be able to come to that place where we don't take that stuff into an account. Well, pastor messed me over six years ago. Made a mistake, said this, or did this, or should have done this, or could have done this. It doesn't have to be pastor, it can be anybody in your life. And a lot of times we'll hold that. Well, it was six years ago. But a lot of times we remember it as yesterday. How long ago was that? Six years, seven, eight, 12, 20, 24. Well, back when I was 25 years old, somebody did this to me. And we got to not take into account those wrongs that were suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness. But here's what love does. It rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. Believes all things. I'm not talking about, you know, just, uh, I don't even want to get into believes all things. I'm not saying that you can, you, you can just believe everything about everything and then you just get so confused that you don't know anything. But it, remember, it loves the truth. It believes the truth of the word of God. How about that? It believes that you are who God says you are. You are a child. You are the most high God. You, are, you have destiny. You have plan. You have purpose. You know, I see the, the mothers in here holding the babies. You, you, are, you are a good parent. I don't know. It's my first baby. I don't know if I'm a good parent. No, you're a good parent. Why? Because you're going to believe all things. You're going to understand the truth. God's going to help you in your parenting skills. Come on, somebody. You might be able to have to get some wisdom and information. But it says, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Remember what patience was? Enduring passion. Enduring passion. And the last thing, of course, it says, love never fails. Let me, let me give you some other scriptures. John chapter 15, verse 9, real quickly, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Continue in my... Come on, everybody, what does it say? Continue in my... Continue in my love. He doesn't say continue in my judgment. He doesn't say continue in unforgiveness. He doesn't say continue in bitterness. He doesn't say continue in those things, but he does say continue in my love. Another scripture, John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, 
that you what? Love one another. Even as I have loved you, so that you also love one another. Look at what verse 35 says. It says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciple. How do people know that we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ? How do, how do they out there know that we in here care for them out there if we don't go out there and love them where they're at? Amen? Susan, you want to play? So I want you to think about this. It says, by this, all men will know. It doesn't say by being con condemning to other people. It doesn't say by being their judge of other people. It doesn't say by unforgiving or not forgiving people. Are you with me? He says, by this, meaning love, that you're going to know you're my disciple. You're going to know you're my disciple. You're going to know you're my disciple. Why? When you love in situations where they're not lovely. You're going to know you're my disciple where you release forgiveness. Because that's part of love. We release forgiveness in areas that maybe you, you don't think you can be forgiven. Maybe you're here today and you don't realize that God is willing to forgive you. No matter what you've done, where, you, where you've been involved in it, what you've done, how you've been involved in it, what you've thought, said, participated in. God says, you know what? I love you so much. I'm willing to forgive you. Maybe some of you just got to know love enough to say, I want to receive that forgiveness. Because sometimes, Shelly's not holding it over me, but I may be dealing with it myself and listening to the enemy saying, has she really forgiven you? Has she really forgotten how you acted or what you did or anything like that? See, well, I'm listening to those lies of the enemy. But I'm here to tell you today that God is love. Will you stand to your feet this morning? As we're renewing our minds, as we're learning things about God and who He is and those things about how He operates. Maybe you're here today and maybe you're here to say, you know, I don't know if I've ever felt love. I want to feel God's love. I want to feel it, don't you? Today is my beloved's birthday today. And I am thankful for her. And I've learned a greater love that God has for me through her, through you. And I'm thankful for that today. She's my greatest blessing. My prayer is that you could experience what I experienced. In a relationship that we have with each other. It's, it's above, above and beyond I could ever think or imagine. And there's times of difficulty. There's times of frustration. But we've never quit. We've never not given up. We've always said we're going to love each other. In the way that God loves us. And we can communicate openly and honestly. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You may be alone, but with him you're never lonely. There may be times of loneliness, 
But Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let us pray this morning. Today, God, as you just release your goodness, your grace upon our lives today, we thank you for the fruits of the Spirit. I thank you for love, that we can love deeper. God, I'm asking you to help change us and renew our mind even to the things of love. That not only we can learn to forgive, but we can learn to love in a more deeper measure. I pray for those here today that they exemplify the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus, when you said that others are going to know us as your disciple was because we love. So we release, I release you from the lies of the enemy today. I release you from those lies that says you're not worthy, that you're not good enough, that you can't live for him, that you can't break out of where you're at into what God has for you, that you can't change or you just are never going to be able to obtain what the enemy says you should obtain. But God says, if you'll love me and you'll step into the things of me, And you'll realize what I did on the cross through Jesus Christ. And you'll give your hearts and your lives to me. Then you will have already obtained everything that you need to obtain. That I don't love you by what you do, but I love you by who you are. So I hear the Father saying that I want to release my love into this community. I want to release my love into this congregation. I want to release my love into your homes. Go and carry that. So, Father, we just thank you for bringing us strength, bringing us wisdom today. I pray that this word will go forth and do what it's planned and purposed to do. I thank you there's a shift in love and that we'll begin to see the love feast that you have for us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Is he worthy to give some love to this morning? Amen. Pastor Sean. Um, just like Pastor Shelley to step forward. This um, envelope is a representation of just the love and the thanksgiving of this congregation towards you. And as, as I give this, I just want to just pray. So let's just, you know, pray. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Shelley. Lord, I thank you for this example, Lord, that you have given us as a body of believers. Lord, your word declares that she is a gift And Father, we thank you for the gift that Pastor Shelley is to this congregation. Lord, we thank you for the example of love and faithfulness and mercy and kindness and grace and all the things Pastor Eric has been preaching about today, Lord, that she walks in, she carries. It's who she is. It's who you've made her to be. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we uh, bring our service to a close, I just want to bless you today. So Father God, we thank you, Lord. (laughs) Lord, you made us to be lovers of God and lovers of one another, and we just receive that today as we go from this house in Jesus' name. If you need prayer this morning, you're welcome to come forward. We'll have the prayer teams here. Have a blessed day and a blessed week in Jesus' name.